What is going on, everybody? Welcome back to the Power Stroke Tech Talk podcast. This is number 25. We have returning guests, Mr. Matt DS, reeling up the top, and newcomer, Gordon. Uh, welcome, my friend, down at the bottom. Um, uh, for all those of you that uh, are not able to watch us on YouTube, make sure to check us out on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Spotify, Amazon Music, TuneIn, and Podbean. Welcome. Um, tonight, we're going to talk about some products here. We are uh, sponsored uh, here on the podcast by Hot Shots. I am their uh, brand ambassador. We're going to be going over some of the great chemicals they have for our power strokes and adding it to our fuels and our oils. And uh, uh, mentioned the promo code PTT so you guys can save some of them greenbacks. So without further ado, Gordon, welcome to the channel. Welcome to the podcast. Welcome. Um, we're excited to have you. Just... Uh, Tell us, uh, tell us a little bit about yourself, what, what, what you drive. Uh, I think I just worked on uh, one of your super duties here not too long ago. So, yeah, uh, my name is Gordon, which you already covered. Uh, originally from Africa, uh, grew up in, uh, born in Zimbabwe, that's Southern Africa, right at the bottom, just above South Africa. Um, came over to the US uh, when I was 19, it was about 20 years ago. Um, settled here in Michigan basically spun the globe, put my finger on it and said, that's where I'm going. And I wound up in Michigan. Wow. It was a hundred percent, 180 degree turn from the weather I grew up with to, you know, what I landed in. Um, but basically, yeah, man, been trying to get on my feet since and make my way and, you know, went through school the whole nine. Um, I just said about building a new life. Uh, that's awesome, man. My way out this way. So, yeah, it's been quite the journey, quite the ride. Tell me a little bit about your um, your your sweet truck that I was able to your 2020 uh, that, I was, that I was able to work on. You had me do a little little add on mod to it, I guess. OE. You know, like like any guy, I think uh, whenever we pick up, you know, any toy trucks in particular, you start wanting to change a few things. Um, and one of the things that uh you know i had you do on, on on the on the truck was uh block heater which is probably the, the biggest thing that we tackled that day um and we also did a aftermarket uh latch for the back seat to be able to drop the back seat because uh stock I like that you got to reach in behind and it's a little bit of an awkward grab to um to drop that that rear seat i like that so and that's a lot of things you covered in one of your videos so we uh we did that and um, we did a little bit of, uh, went under the hood and went into the computer a little bit and played with some settings. Um, um, and we changed a few things. I think we brightened up the C-lamps and uh, we also did something that was actually pretty interesting. Um, a lot of times when we go in and we adjust um, some of those settings, for those of us who are curious, we end up losing the, um, the ambient lighting in the trucks. And uh, so you had figured out a trick to actually go back in, be able to adjust our settings and do things that, you know, whatever we wanted to tweak. 
but then go back in and actually bring that back. So that was kind of cool. Um, you helped me with that. So yeah. I'm excited to get a video uh, about that. What what uh, Gordon's talking about, everybody is is Foreskin, and you guys remember uh, us talking about it before on the podcast uh, about using Foreskin and its alternate tool to myself other than using IDS and FDRS, um, I'm really starting to get the hang of it. And I, I really like uh, how you can really get in, like Gordon was saying, and change you know, your C-rings or change the audible chimes or the lighting. Um, and then in the case that I've been doing a lot lately is adding the temperature numbers in, I'm sorry, over the coolant gauge, which I don't know why that has not, uh, is not turned on from the factory along with the OCR and and uh, maybe a couple of other things but I mean for DS's use my use Gordon I think having that number really helps the operator know really how warm your vehicle is what's this little hash mark that's blue well what is it is it half warmed up well what's half warmed up well, now you know it's, it's 160 degrees. It's interesting I mean? that it has the capability to do that and just not turned on from the factory. I know, I know, I know. I appreciate that it's not because then I get phone calls of like, well, I've been running my truck for this amount of time and it is only 192 degrees when I think it should be this. And it's like, dude, just your, your truck's fine. <laughs> That's probably me that called you then, right? <laughs> <laughs> no. No. <laughs> That's why I don't get my phone number out. <laughs> yeah, no. Break down a fake one real quick. Talk to me after the podcast. So. It's just it's just fun to see. Like you plug it in, you plug in a black heater, you put on a you turn on a car in the morning or truck in the morning. It's like negative two degrees outside, and you can see exactly how effective your black heater is, and you know, little stuff yeah. like that. It's not a big deal, but it's like a little Easter egg, you could say. Actually, yeah, I did a block heater install today. That was kind of a usually only have to do those from swapping an engine. But to help everybody paint the picture, what what color what color is your truck? Matt or myself? Matt, uh, Gordon. Oh, we know what mine is. Uh, the, the Ford Platinum Silver. Um, Ooh. So it's it's a, it's a nice looking iconic truck. silver. Yeah. The iconic silver. Hell yeah! What are you uh, What are you using it uh, for? Are you using it just for personal? Are you using it to haul any goods or? Mostly hauling trailers. So we have a lot of equipment. I think you guys can probably appreciate this. You know, just in the line of work. So we have a couple of trailers, and we load all our gear, all our equipment. So ladders, machinery, you name it. In our trailers, we move to the job site. We drop a trailer there. We work out of the trailer while we're on site. Load everything up move on to the next to the next site so we do a lot oh, of yeah. like commercial residential um remodeling so heck yeah so a lot of things to pull heck yeah that's i mean that's what they're obviously made for and then tonight is uh the video that uh, i released of the million mile six seven and this owner was telling me the whole life of his vehicle since he got it uh, at 90, uh, 90 ish thousand miles uh, it has constantly been towing nine to 14,000 pounds every day. So, I mean, that's what these trucks are built for. That's what they're made for. It's, uh, especially if you take care of it, he's the testament to that uh, without a doubt. Um, 
uh, is change the oil. I, I get so bombarded with with silly comments and queries about uh, oil changes and you know doing all. It is so frivolous. Just just change the oil. You told me something about that. Just change the oil. <laughs> Wait, you told me understand. another story, though. You like, told me another we, story. That's we're, interesting. We're not coming up with like 5,000 mile interval just because we want to do oil changes all the time and, you know, make the store money. It's like, just change the oil. I literally see <laughs> what happens when you don't change your oil when you should. And it's usually to the tune of about $18,000. So I would just, just change it like every th- 5,000 miles. It, it's, <laughs> Just, well, how about this? How it's really long, nice. How long will an engine last if it rolls out of the factory and you never change the oil? How long do you think you'll get down the road? Usually 30,000 miles and they kill themselves. You're wrong. Mm. Guess what we got today? Wait, you never change you never change the oil and it kills itself? 20 th- to, to 2018 Platinum 450. Don't tell me this thing still had the FOMO co-filter on it. 60,000 miles. Maybe they just kept topping it off. Done. Yeah, that's, that was my theory because you keep topping it off and you're adding a little bit of fresh life to the oil, just a tiny bit. Well, not even, not even, off, like, not even like fresh life. Like you're just you're it adding the, the oil. Where is it going? What do you think that DPS looks like? Come on. Wait, you just said it was a 2018 platinum? Yeah. Man, it's like 100 grand, did... man. Well, no. okay. Well, in 18, that was a couple years ago. So it might have been like, like 95,000. You must just really not care. There it so is. So wait, so so that wait, hold on. Was this owned by a very large rental company? No. Well, that's, that's interesting because usually how they're was, the uh, ones that kill them. How was the rest of the truck? Was it like nice or was it beat up? Like the interior and everything was all scratched up or was it? All I right. can't see it. I mean, I can't see that. Yikes. Poison. It was just Does like yours, all, dude, except platinum. Was it clean? Was it taken care of on the inside? It was all nasty. Okay. Man, you must have money to burn if you can do that. That's the dichotomy. What were you saying, Gordon? I was saying, I'm curious what made him actually come in finally to see you guys. If His engine was gone? Yeah, <laughs> yeah she's, she's cranking a little um, slow today. Can you yeah. see if the batteries are bad? No, dude, yeah. the bearings are bad. The problem is, <laughs> is you'll never see a really clean vehicle like that that was taken care of and the engine blew and there's an opportunity for you to just like do just the engine. Everything else around it is also going to be ruined. Uh, I'm going to say with the seven threes we've been getting in lately, like ones that only have like a few hundred miles and they just launch a rod out the side of the block. The gas ones? Oh, oh yeah. man. Are you oh, are yeah. you serious? Yeah, um, we came to find out. Oh, man, I shouldn't even be saying. That. I know, right? Well, you said it now. I feel so, so bad, <laughs> but no, there's a. They even put a program out for it. It sounds like from the factory, um, the oil squirter for the piston. Wow. They had quality issues with those not getting tightened down all the way, so you'd have an oil pressure loss because that is, you know, a restriction that's calculated in there. So tighten it down all the way. It doesn't cool that piston down all the way. And you have low oil, oil pressure, especially at idle. And it just slowly eats the thing away. So there's a, there's an issue uh, with the seven threes. uh, They're not sending us just long blocks. They're sending us drop-ins. 
Wow. Like so everything. I I did a video and I was saying, you know, the six two, even though it's old, it's tried and true. And right. It, the, the, seven, right the seven three will get there. It'll get there. I'm not saying yeah. don't go out and buy one because I mean we do six seven engines a lot less frequently. And whether that's a function of they've been out long enough and more aftermarket shops are comfortable doing them. Um, then you know, whatever that is. But if you look at the amount of six, seven engines we do versus the amount of seven, three engines we've done in the past six months or a year, they got some stuff to work through. Yeah. But, and they've probably, they probably figured it out. That yeah, they've, they've got to figure it out. So I wouldn't yeah. be too worried about it. Cause even of, working, you know, even now. working on the line now, they're like coming down. If anything makes it to a customer, they're coming down to the line. And they're going to figure out, they're going to try to figure out what it is. So I can imagine whatever line that's built on, they're trying to address it. Yeah. And I always, I always like, um, you know, the comments you get from, you know, either Mopar diehards or GM diehards or, you know, whatever, like Ford has so many recalls, blah, 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 this, that, and the other. It's like, well, Ford doesn't wait until the government steps in and's like, Hey, you guys need to do a recall. It's they're usually well, voluntary manufacturer recalls. Well, recalls they, though recalls are just like safety I, the the thing is the tsbs which they don't even really tell you about the tsbs but that's uh, most of, of the stuff comes out as recalls ford usually stays on top of that stuff pretty good they what about you what about you machine. gordon where where are you at with miles so far how many miles you got uh on the especially for a diesel she, she's a baby so barely over ten thousand miles Oh, for a 2020, that's not bad. I'm creeping up on 10,000. I'm creeping up on 10,000, and I'm I'm gonna be starting to run. Um, I know DS wants to get a hold of this, uh, some of this too. Uh, this is their Diesel Extreme injector cleaner from Hot Shots. Haven't opened it yet. I definitely want to try it. Uh, I know a lot of people have been. Uh, reaching out over social media and telling me what they're using. Um, a lot of the guys like this uh, were commenting just for the fact that they can easily measure it out and there's no, you know, that's guessing. exactly why did I like I, that. Did yeah. I get enough in? Did I get enough in? Is this, yeah, is it? I, um, I like that. I have to no say questions. I, like that. I mean, um, and how, you can actually see it's got a little, little measure when you, when you go to pour that into the gas, oh, it's got the little, the little self measuring one, yeah, chamber, yeah, okay. So, okay, is that that gonna be, is that gonna be hard to pour (laughs) in there? Because, like, when you look at the Ford one, it's got that long neck on it. Um, you know, I mean, I don't know, it should fit right. We'll see. I mean, when I put additives into my tank, I just dump the whole bottle in. So, now this might be a good thing, uh, to talk about or at least let hot shots know. Um, you know, maybe they need a different redesign of this bottle to make it more taller and slender, maybe. just like I mean, DS was saying. Yeah, I don't know. Um, it might be, or maybe not. Maybe just, it's time. I don't know. Uh, we'll find out. But I can see, I mean, because this would hit your DEF cap if you're sticking that down in there. So I don't know. We're going to find out. This is definitely, this is their everyday thing. Maybe they, uh, if they, if they finish you. Which we don't know if it's an issue yet, but if it's an issue, maybe there's something you can like screw on the top of it to make it longer, and then you pour it, and then you—I don't know. 
Seems we got some still, but. we got some giveaways uh, going to be coming soon too. So we're gonna uh, figure out how we're gonna do that, whether it be through the comments or something. Um, there's a, a little package that I'm gonna let everybody know that we're gonna uh, uh, oh, pick, pick somebody. Do you? I got an merch? idea. Huh? What? Ooh, you what? Have, what? You what? Have what? what? Are yeah. you selling merch? Yeah, we got shirts. You got something like like these oh look he's got them he's got them that's something like these oh he's got some stickers or, check the shirt out or do you have like you have some these? threads he's got it check that out i have to say i have the stickers i don't oh he's man got i don't stickers. even have a shirt oh, oh no. is it? all right aaron if people want to get merch how are they getting it uh pretty much email me i i'm just instagram you know, I'm, I'm facebook cool enough that i get it that's the meat man matt I mean, dang i got yeah, you like, guys i got like one sticker I got one sticker. You got him with a whole stack of stickers. Shoot. Yeah, well, it's obvious who he likes better. I got oh, like a sticker shoot. that was peeled Anyways. off the, the cabinet or something. Shoot. Ouch. You see what I got to deal with, Gordon? What? Tough crowd, man. Yeah, it's a chirp fest. <laughs> Tough crowd. Um, yeah, any, any, any way you guys get a hold of me, any social media platform, I can, uh, I can facilitate that needed want for uh, some shirts. There's some Gildan shirts. They're not. Uh, they're not any cheap boys. I, I like. I, I'm, nice I'm a t-shirt. I'm a t-shirt nice guy. Shirt. So I, I like something that's uh, gonna be nice. I think yeah. the new black one looks real good, and it's something you can definitely wear out in public and not look silly. This so. this one's actually my pajamas. I'm in it's my jammies. My pajamas. He says. All right. I ever since you said that you came here at the right page of 19, Gordon, I gotta know what was your first car. Oh, you'll be happy to know. It was <laughs> Ford. Um, do you remember the old Ford probes? Oh my! <laughs> it was purple. Come <laughs> on, purple probe. Oh man! Oh. Hey, I had a purple Mustang, so don't feel bad. We, we I had like some engines, so I lost the parking brake on it. So when I park in the parking structure at work, it would roll. Oh! I got a call in the office. I was an intern at the time. And I had to go back out to the parking garage because my car had rolled into like the driveway so like no one could pass, you know, at that point. <laughs> the parking structure. And it was actually the vehicle, the first vehicle I ever spun out in in the snow. You know, just kind of learning how to drive in the snow. That's, that's an, obviously a big adjustment. <laughs> learning how to drive in the snow. Dude, that's, what the hell yeah. is this? <laughs> that's everyone in Michigan on the first snow. Oh, wow. Everyone completely forgets. Me on I-75 coming south. Uh, towards like Great Lakes Crossing, spun out, wound up on the side of the street. And, uh, oh man! Yeah. First experience off the road. Tell me, I remember you telling me a story when I when I saw you up at the shop about explorers. All right, that's a good one. <laughs> oh no, you didn't have an exploder with no, 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 no. It was just I, I. It opened up my whole eyes to the way I look at explorers now. So it's better than that. So, um, you know, for us back home, American vehicles, you know, it was an exotic thing. You know, um, so I remember growing up distinctly, and there was a guy who had a Ford Explorer, right? And this was such a big deal because it was a Ford Explorer, you know. Um, you knew the guy's name because he had a Ford Explorer. We're talking $4 million, you know, to get a Ford Explorer. 
local currency, of course. Um, but again, it was just out of the reach of 99.9% of the people. And um, so when I first got here, you know, at the ripe age of 19, um, I remember like if I was walking down the street or on the bus or whatever, and a Ford Explorer drove by, like my neck was cranked all the way around. Like, oh my gosh, there goes a Ford Explorer. You know what I mean? Like, there's a guy winning in life. Like he has or she has a Ford Explorer. Dude, I'm never going to look at one <laughs> it the same anymore. I told you, it's so funny. Months oh, for, man. Like, get out of my system. Like, wait a minute. Wait, like, huh? That many wealthy people just everywhere. Grocery store, you name it. Man, there's fucking millionaires everywhere. Everywhere. <laughs> everywhere. Like, this country is just full of millionaires. You know, so they got two door Ford Explorers. They four door Ford, Ford Explorers. And That's it was so nuts, funny, bro. <laughs> nuts. Oh, gosh. Absolutely nuts. So, yeah, that's it's my Ford kind Explorer. Of... You're a millionaire. If you met me fresh, like, and you're the Ford Explorer, I, you know. Dang. <laughs> You're going to take any and all advice you can get from a guy that drives a Ford Explorer. That is so funny. This thing was in Jurassic Park. Are you kidding me? Oh, my God. God. (laughs) No power strokes, sir. Dude, it's kind of weird if you go, you know, outside of the U.S. And I'm not even talking like, you know, North America. I'm talking like you go to Europe and you see a American car there. It is, it, they just stick out like sore thumbs. Mm-hmm. Go, wow. You know, for those that don't know, my girlfriend is, you know, for all intents and purposes, German. She's from Germany. And we went over there for Christmas, you know, a few years ago. And I just saw this old clapped out Super Duty. And what? it's like Gordon said, people were snapping their damn necks to look at this thing when it drove by. And it just looked so wildly out of place because the roads are so much smaller the cars are smaller and it it looked like a damn tank driving down the road <laughs> you just this is wow you just nailed it and that's that's basically it like so the biggest trucks the biggest trucks back home so if you were like truck guy like this round table is right now and you said i have a truck you're talking about um ford ranger class you know right yeah that's yeah. a truck wow so if you say i have a truck and i'm pulling stuff you know you're one of the size of ford ranger dakota you know it's a ford ranger got it <laughs> so, you know, when you come over here and you see like even just a 1500 you know like the old dodge 1500s is the big you know the big body uh, v8 and you see you know silverado sierra you know f-150 like that's a massive vehicle and that's not even getting to the f-250 yeah and that's like that's a little that's a little truck here which is exactly it's like the starting point it's like the launch point here you know yeah things over things overseas are so different because they'll they'll tow with a car oh yeah dude you want to talk about wow that's something you don't see pucker and you see someone rip past you with like a two-place horse trailer in their passat (laughs) yeah and i'm just looking at them like they're absolutely nuts because everyone in the states is at like we're just so overkill where we're like yeah i need a 450 limited hundred thousand dollar truck to pull my landscape trailer full of mulch what are you trying to say no i'm talking about like a four (laughs) like a four by eight little you know tiny little trailer 
Well, we have the, we have all these regulations. Like you're not gonna get away with a Jetta and a horse trailer here. But oh overseas, yeah, you could. Yeah, you could. Well, there's everyone. laws. Like you can't. There's too many like towing rules. Yeah, like, somebody's gonna say that's a that's an there's, animal there's in no, danger. There's, no, there's yeah. not. There's no towing law here. Yeah, you <laughs> yeah there you is. Want. You, they're not gonna let you tow that. They'll pull you over. No, they won't. Yeah, they will. They'll be like, yeah, you're. Uh, Dude, do you remember? Beyond... When, do you remember? Okay, of course, none of us remember. We weren't alive then. But you've ever seen that Volkswagen Beetle with the little gooseneck camper that mounted to the roof of it? Oh yeah, I know what you're talking about. You could like do donuts under the thing. It would the trailer would stay in place. <laughs> you could just do whatever you wanted with it. Dude, I've seen some goofy stuff going down the road. Cause like, think about it. Your statement of there's too many regulations, but in the U.S., you can pull a fifth wheel, right? Like a fifth wheel camper, like maximum length they make with your tandem or triple axle trailer with a side-by-side or two or three on it and then a boat behind that and you don't need a license for that well it depends on the state and if you're talking about michigan then i think you can do recreation type of vehicles to uh to a higher level without a restriction whereas anything else they're weighing you and things like that if you're over twenty six thousand pounds you need a certain license uh, and true. stuff like that. That. Is, uh, that is a newer DOT thing, but it still it makes me giggle that you can buy a recreational semi, vehicle. Yeah, you can buy a semi, register it as a motorhome, and you can drive it without having any endorsement whatsoever. As long as as long as it's a recreational vehicle, right? But it also speaks to something else. I think I think Americans, at least for those of us who come from somewhere else and come here, there is a you know like that streak of independence in America is is big. It's noticeable when you come from, again, from when you come from abroad. So Americans do things themselves. They tend to, right? So like people will pull their own boat. In the examples you gave, you know, will pull their own gear. They're, I mean, for a lot of people, you either hire out for that kind of stuff and it's somebody specialized who does that. Do you know what I mean? Really? Yeah. Yeah. So a big thing for me, I remember coming here was seeing how many people worked on their own vehicles. Wow. You know, mm-hmm. we did not grow up with that culture of like, hey, something's wrong. Pop wow. the hood. Let's get after it. No you know? kidding. So everything yeah. I've learned, as far as in that respect, I've learned here. You know, something was wrong. It sounded funny or it was, you know, it was huh. you know, the, the gas from the exhaust is a little white or whatever. It's got to go in. You know, somebody will take care of that. So wow. in Zimbabwe, you, yeah, you're from yeah. Zimbabwe, right? Yeah. So what are they, what's the more common fuel or is it diesel? Is it gas or? So it, I think it's, it splits like the rest of the world typically. So gas is uh, consumer, right? So your car, right. passenger cars, passenger vehicles, diesel is the fuel for business. So deliveries, mm-hmm. hauling goods, you know, delivering goods, you know, moving things that are sort of the backbone of the economy. Right. Done in diesel, so your buses, etc. When you get to your passenger vehicles, you know you're, now you're in gas. So we had a split of gas and diesel. Gas typically passenger, you know, uh, uh-huh. personal. Diesel was more commercial. Okay. Do, but do you like, think? Go ahead. Sorry. No. Go was ahead. it? Was it? Were like passenger vehicles offered in diesel, or was it just a strictly commercial, you know, um, more transit type thing? So they were offered in diesel and mostly because, uh, I don't know if you guys remember, but there was a big European slash mainly Germany, I think, behind it to yeah. offer vehicles in diesel. Yeah, You guys brought up the, the idea of the Passat earlier and Golfs and so on. 
Mercedes had a lot of diesel vehicles. They had whatever yep. model they had that offered in a diesel. Um, BMW does the same thing too. Mm-hmm. Uh, not common in America, but a lot of their vehicles, three series, four series, you name it, is a diesel variant. Um, so those companies offered diesel vehicles and there were a few of them, but you know, 90% gasoline. Okay. No, I was oh. just, I was curious more than anything. Cause you know, in most of, I want to say Western Europe will leave, you know, um, the UK out of it. Everything was diesel. It didn't matter what it was like diesel Passat, diesel, uh, Mercedes diesel, this diesel, that it's, it was rare to see someone at the, like a gasoline pump. Yeah. Which was an eye opener for me, but, um, the gas mileage, you know, so a lot of people that were trying to push diesel, um, that was the first time I think companies were were tackling the whole idea of gas mileage, you know, like, well, switch over to diesel and, you know, it didn't quite take off in the U S the U S you know, has always been behind gasoline, but a lot of the rest of the world, there was a lot of there was a big push behind uh, diesel motors for a long time. I don't know how the infra- infra- infrastructure is over there, but now if you were to talk, uh, you know, back with some some friends and family currently, do you think they're starting to see electric vehicles over there, or not? Not yet. Not yet. So things like that would have to play out in markets where people can afford them. Um, and like you said, infrastructure-wise, you know, electric, even here, the adoption was affected by the fact that where can I go to charge up? Where can I go to mm. get serviced? Where, right. you know, in fact, what route can I drive? Because, you know, if there's no charging station that way, I can't drive that way. So, and, you know, if, if it's just getting off the ground here, you know, we're worlds away, you know, in the rest of the world. So um, it's still a diesel and gasoline economy everywhere else. And I think once it's mature, here in the U.S., you know, it'll get exported out, you know, but typically, and same thing happens in, not to go off topic, but like in medicine, right? Those things are born out here in markets that can afford it and will pay for it. So if I'm, if I'm like, if I'm producing drugs, this country, this healthcare system will pay for my R&D, or it will pay me back for my R&D. So once I know that the drug is viable or my machinery is viable and I've been paid back, then you go generic, then the rest of the world gets it, you know, and they pay a price that's different from the American market because the American market is what typically pays back investment in R&D and innovation, so. Wow, what it would be like to view us from a different different side of the fence. Gordon, I wish more people understood your point of view. (laughs) Well, it's... I guess, you know, when you've lived it, it's different. You know what I mean? I, I think that, um, True that people here who don't get to live certain, um, your lives just don't track the same way, right? But they can still have an appreciation for what happens beyond their borders is impressive because you haven't had to live it, but you still have an appreciation for things beyond what you've seen, touched, whatever. Um, for those of us who've literally been transplanted you know, mm-hmm. worlds away from what we know, it's almost, it's crystal clear, you know, I lived a certain way, I got picked up and overnight, you know, I leapt forward 20 years in technology. Mm-hmm. You, know, yeah. wow. of, you know what I mean? Trans- For real. If yeah. there is one thing, if there's one thing I could encourage anyone listening to this 
mostly Americans because we're not really good at getting out of our, you know, comfort zone as far as traveling. And when I say comfort zone, I'm saying like the U S and North America, go travel somewhere and just experience the world for what it is. Cause it will truly open your eyes to the, like a lot more to the world than just, you know, these 50 States that we live in. And it's funny you say that. Cause that's when people ask, people always ask me stuff like that. Like, what would you say? Like, and I say travel, you know, like just travel. You don't have to do much, just immerse yourself somewhere else. And you'll gain an appreciation for so many little things, you know, things oh, that you you know, went on your radar, but all of a sudden it's oh, like, it's like, it's stupid things too. Like freaking wall outlets. You yes. just, you just appreciate silly little things so much more. And like, you appreciate the, like, you're like, oh man, this Ford Explorer is kind of small and crammed. No, go sit in the back of an Opal. You're not going anywhere. But I tell, you, in. I tell you what, if I went overseas or, or, you know, let's say, you know, you're gone for two weeks. If I didn't see a Super Duty for two weeks, I think I'd be sad. No, you wouldn't, dude, because your nails, the undersides of your nails would be so clean. Gloves every day, baby. That's the other thing is every the day. American vacation period is so foreign to the rest of the world. Like, you tell me to take more than a week off of work. I'm kind of like, dude, I don't know if I can do that. And right. Oh, yeah, I went on vacation for, you know, six weeks, three months. And I'm like, what? Oh, my work paid for it. Dude, oh. come on. Oh. Oh. I don't I don't get I don't get that kind of vacation time. No. Not at the plant. No. Two no weeks. That's kind of that's kind of the culture that we've been, you know, just speaking of the plant. To, but. Speaking of the plant. What's with this semiconductor shortage? Well WTF. Ooh, that's actually really from up the uh, module game. That's actually from uh, the shutdowns. You know, everything gets shut down. The the plants, the big three, what even more than a big three, all Talk the automotive companies aren't running. They they stop buying the they stop buying the conductors, and all the electronics uh, companies start buying them. And well, now their contracts aren't the same. The the companies that make the conductors are like, well, why should we sell at this price when we can sell to you know, they're making video games, laptops, whatever, things that people consume inside the home. And there's a huge increase in that. Why should we uh, why should we sell it to the automotive industry still? So there's this huge thing back and forth. They're trying to get the parts that they were getting before and they're not getting it for what they were getting it for before. Wow. And it's causing them shutdowns everywhere, causing plants to shut down everywhere. Uh. Saw an article Ford saying we're gonna we're thinking about making them here. I don't know. I don't know what the solution would be. It's a very complicated issue. I sure hope they get it figured out because, well, I mean, I, it is. I, uh, nobody knows. You can't get parts. You can't do. It's just such a cluster mess. I'm just I'm so tired of dealing with this kind of stuff. So I, I'm in that one plant that's not shutting down. I'm like ready. Let's just shut it down for a month. You know. I'm surprised I'm, it I'm hasn't. Cool. I'm cool with it. Well, actually, you know what? The other F-150 plan, I think, is shut down. There's two plants, wow. and uh, I think one might be shut down. I'm not sure. Yeah, this uh, this part, I feel bad for, like, dude, it's it's even, like, basic parts we would normally have in stock. It's like we, we can't get exhaust 
manifold studs for a V10 right now. I know. We have literally bought, I think we have bought out almost every dealership in Michigan so we can get these school buses done. Wow, for real? We probably bought some from you guys. Like, Wow. I was surprised I was able to get turbo pedestal bolts from a local dealer. I mean, obviously we had to pay an astronomical price to get them, but it's like I we couldn't even get them from Ford. I just got a 6079 kit that we had to pick up from another dealer. Got it. You know the box it comes comes in. Oh. This this end was ripped off. Oh no. Got one exhaust manifold gasket. Four injector lines, half of the fu- half of the seals for the injectors. You know why? You know exactly why. Dude, too. what? 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 What happened? The things on backwards. Oh my god! Robbing parts. I don't know. It's just it's really frustrating because well, you're you're dude, you're paid I... you're paid when the job is done. I'm flat rate. I'm commission. Um, um, I get paid per job. So you get into an instance where you get this truck torn down. It's in a gazillion pieces. It's on your hoist. I can't pull another vehicle in. I can't pull a vehicle in to my hoist. I have a, a bomb has went off and it is hard enough to deal with that situation. And then to deal with parts, then to get the wrong part or stuff's missing is man it's so frustrating sometimes well if you guys are having a shortage man they're having a shortage at the plant level it's like man how are you gonna have no parts for your existing vehicles and you have no parts to build the vehicles it's kind of a well i mean they have to supply everything to build the vehicles first more than anything but i want to say thank you to all of my customers all of my uh uh, people who have reached out and and have gotten service um you know thank you for being patient it's yeah our our hands are tied man thank you for being so understanding really and patient which makes me want to ask this question all right gordon as a consumer and i guess we could say sean and ryan if your truck's down for like three months Oof. And I'm going to say, given the circumstances we're in now, what are you, Oof. what are you feeling knowing that you're totally like you're helpless because no one can get no, basically no one would be able to get your truck back on the road. Been there, done that. That's it. I hate you said it helpless, you know, it's, it's a bad feeling even tough to even, to even imagine, you know, but I think like a lot of people throughout this last year, year and a bit, you know, people get resourceful, you know, and if, if I'm pushed out, I've had to push customers out as well. And like you said, people have been really understanding, you know, it's, it's amazing, you know, that, you know, as you feel the squeeze on your end and you are, you're honest with your consumer, your, your customers and you sort of communicate your position, Most definitely, you know, like this is where I'm at and this is why I can give you communication, what you expect, you know, um but when i have everything together obviously i'll be out so people are understanding i think being that we've all gone through it together it's not sort of like localized and just you know the auto industry you know what i mean yeah. it's not a problem just being experienced in one sector it's we're all going through it yeah it's, you know like I said, it's communication you know letting people know right you know, away. as much as this whole covid thing 
has really sucked and it has affected people's lives, you know, for the, the good, the, the bad, and we've lost loved ones and whatnot. The one thing, like, uh, I mean, we really, we really are not going to stop using is our trucks. Like we, the world of commerce is not going to stop. We oh still have to get goods from point A to point B. Those vaccines, I'm most definitely sure they're being driven by a vehicle that's powered by diesel. Could be a power stroke. I don't know. I can't confirm uh, that because there are vehicles that we maintain that are transporting it. That's what's up. These power strokes, I'm telling you, I don't know. We got a I lot of customers that are in the healthcare industry. So that's kind of gives me a little, you know, little, I feel good about it. I love talking about them. The days I love- that I feel like screaming and quitting. I'm like, you know what, Matt, you're helping the world go around just a little bit. Yeah. That's what we're all doing. We're, we're, we're just trying to bring, you know, not uh, bad things to light. We're trying to bring positive, you know, things for these trucks uh, for all of us to take advantage of. And, you know, if we have issues, we, 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 we bounce ideas off each other. Um, we're all collectively one brain, um, you know, trying to help solve problems. And, you know, we get, we get into situations like, you know, DS where he had, you know, his wrench light or check engine light had came on on his, his 450. And it's like, you know, what, what do you do? How do you handle this? You got this guy who's a, who's a owner operator of this dude's company, this one main money maker truck, you know, what kind of repair plan do you set this dude up with? You know, is this going to be detrimental to, to his business? Look at all that equipment. Look at that equipment in the background. That just doesn't you know, move itself. You know, that wrench light came on, and honestly, honestly, I wasn't even phased. It's like, oh, the wrench light. Okay. Child's keep, play. Keep going. Keep going. It's not making any noise. It's not doing anything. Oh, it's shifting hard. Okay. Keep going. And it, a lot of people play. get off. A lot of people get all like worried about it or whatever. Like, oh, 10 speed, all that. Uh, you know, it's a machine. You know what I mean? I'm not gonna, you know, I'm not gonna break my, it's not breaking my heart that the machines, and then sure enough, it goes away. There's some kind of something, there's something happening down the road from now. I mean, they're gonna send out another program or whatever. It's gonna be all right. Reprogram. If, if it if it breaks down on the property, pull it over and uh, I got another truck, got a backup truck. And that's how it goes. You know, for me, I got to have a backup truck. I got a reason I got the 450. I know it's excessive for me, but it's another truck that has a plow on it. And it's not over leveraged to the point where like both of the trucks have to break down. And then if they both break down, which is not going to happen. I mean, yeah, we got to never never say never, never say never. The truck kept going, but if they both break down, then what we do is we help other people when we can, when the truck, when my two trucks are available and if they can help everybody, we'll go around and the people in the area, make sure everybody's all right. And do you need a truck? Do you need to borrow a truck? Do you need an operator in a plow or whatever? And if you do, I'll be there because one day I might need one if both 
trucks break down or whatever. And hopefully somebody can help me. Yeah, I'll maybe open up properties later or whatever. But I guess at the end of the day, it's all about not getting over leveraged, you know, not having too much. You got one truck going and it's maxed out and you barely can open everything. Well, you're in a position where one accident and the truck doesn't even need to break down. Somebody could hit you or so you run into something or whatever. And it's in for can, repairs. Yeah. And that comes down to every level of what you're doing. You don't have one guy that helps you because if he can't come in, then that one person is one person. He's going to always be a situation where he doesn't come in. So there's always got to be at least three people to help you. So at the end of the day, there's always at least one person showing up worst case scenario. So just having contingencies and backup plans and typically you'll be all right. Yeah, that's uh, that's got to be kind of tough. I don't know what it's like to have, you know, a, a company where I have to worry about, you know, my employees or, or the stuff that you know you and Ryan have to worry about. But like, man, that's got to you know, be. Speaking of that, Aaron, have you ever, especially within like the past year now, in part shortages and everything, have you had the thought of like, and I'm Ford. I'm looking at you when I say this please just let me make an exception considering the circumstances to just get this person's vehicle back on the road, no matter what it takes. Are you talking grade eight home Depot studs or what to get the exhaust manifolds going? Or what are you talking? No, I'm talking like if it's something that I think I could deem is like menial and they consider it a one-time use part, but like, Let's say a lower oil pan on a six, seven, right? Okay. Like you can hammer that girl flat. I agree. Just let me reuse it. I can't put this person's truck out indefinitely. Like I just, they need it. I agree. I agree. So please Ford, if you're hearing this, there's nothing wrong with that. Make exceptions to things, but I know why they don't. Cause then it just snowballs. Well, then they're going to have to assume that everybody is going to be able to pound this flat. And Ugh, there's just so many things just, where it's like you got to assume that nobody knows what they're doing. Yeah, that's kind of the unfortunate thing. Yeah, it's a tough one. I think I think that's why a lot of people will buy a vehicle out of warranty. You know, just because. Yeah, I mean, you, it's, there's a tough one. Cause you can get a vehicle out of warranty and you can take it anywhere. Whereas if you go warranty, then you have to go to the dealer. And I mean, you don't have to, you don't have to, but if you want your warranty, cause like uh, example, the steering oscillation, because we're not legally allowed to call it the death wobble. Right. Um, we get a lot of trucks that come in with dual steering dampeners or aftermarket steering dampeners. Mm-hmm. And um you know, whether they want to keep it or not, I can't really warranty your aftermarket steering dampener, but. And, the, and it's, it'll still be death wobble, even with the dampener. Um, that's so if we wanted to get into chassis dynamics and engineering, the, a solid front axle with a three link system. So we're going to say three link as in being, you know, you have your leading arms or radius arms, and then your third link. So we'll say those are two links, right? Your third link is the track bar. 
and your track bar more than anything centers the frame to the axle, right? Yep. Um, those inherently are going to have oscillations just due to steering angles and harmonics and not having enough points of contact, right? So steering dampeners are just band-aids more than anything. Um, all, you know, companies are doing is making the dampeners have more rebound stiffness or this, that, or the other. Uh, it's been something that every manufacturer has tried to combat and why every single manufacturer that makes a half ton truck has gone to independent front suspension because you don't have to deal with it. So my thing is like, I've had super duties for so long now, since 2014, I've had a super duty. I've never once, I don't think I've ever had death wobble. Um, I think I felt something with my 450 one time. I felt it kind of like do that once and then it's never done it again. So I think I had that in Ryan's truck in Black Betty. After I finished the cab, I took it for I took it for a ride. And I don't think you put that I think you didn't put something on or something. And you're like, oh, don't go far because I didn't put something on. And it was just I was going running the viaduct and it was just oh man I feel bad it's not fun especially if you've never experienced it before and it's just the only thing you need to do is come to a complete stop like it literally shakes the steering wheel straight out of your hands and you think you're gonna die I've seen some funny uh TikToks oh no dude I was I was on a I was I was on a drive once and i may have been talking to aaron because i was very bored on this hour-long test drive and all of a sudden this truck was like hey pothole guess what death wobble was this a new truck this was a 2019 was not a fun Uh, time yeah it's scary once a death wobble starts once you have an issue with that how difficult is it to chase down it's pretty easy um Aaron, if you want to chime in on this, usually, so as I was saying with, you know, having what I would, I would say, I'm not an engineer or a chassis engineer or anything. I would call it a three link in the front. Um, So on your track bar, which keeps the vehicle tracking straight, right? That comes down from the frame down to the axle. So we'll say up here is the frame down here is the axle. You're going to have a solid, solid point with a bushing and a bolt. And then down on the axle, you're going to have a ball joint. Well, if either of those get play in them and it starts to shift, and usually when things shift, it's harmonically. So it's going to shift at a certain frequency. Once it starts going, it doesn't want to stop. Mm -hmm. So your axle is literally sitting there vibrating just going like hell in your body's like all right we're not gonna stop so so this is a track bar issue mostly or is it it's not a so it can you could say it is a it can be a few things it it can be a component issue but it's also flawed by its design it's just so so you get a front axle is flawed by design 
you get a death wobble situation. So I guess the first thing you would do is check for any play in any component. Mm -hmm. Any steering component you're yep. going to look for play in. Usually what we find it in, and this is my shop. I can't, I sh okay. It's not my shop. The shop I work in. Nine no, times no, you'll, time. you'll own that shop one day. Don't worry. Dude, I'm not. I'm not a billionaire. Messing with you. Go ahead. Nine times out of ten. Okay, I shouldn't even say nine times out of ten. Ten times out of ten, your track bar ball joint has too much horizontal play in it, right? So it's this way. So the thing just sits there and starts to oscillate until the point that it's you're just sitting there going like this with the steering wheel and you can't control it. So you have to hit the brakes, pull over. Go drive again until it doesn't do it again, right? So it's, in most cases, is that simple? It's, it's like, bad. It's, it's usually it's usually you can most of the time pinpoint it down to the track bar. So it's just it could be like a batch of bad. Is it like a batch of bad ones because they're new vehicles with it? Yes. I've never had. I've never had. I uh, I wonder if people are having it with a 2020. Um, if you look at the 2020s. Look at the steering dampener and look at who makes it. Really? Who makes it? It's a Hitachi dampener. And Hitachi is the dampeners that we have been replacing the old ones with. Really? Have so, you noticed how stiff those things are? I'll have to check it out. Like, have you done so, the steering dampener recall? Oh, uh, yeah. Yeah. Compare that to a factory one. That thing is like a mother to compress to get the bolt back in i've only done one really i'll have to pay, have to pay attention to it well it's still turn it, you know what it still turns good it's not hurting nothing it's not no, like it, it's it's not going to hurt anything it's just yeah. they did different valving inside of that so yeah. let me ask you this if you for like this death wobble track bar i know when you're checking the front end on a heavy duty truck uh -huh. because of how heavy the truck is and things like that it can be a little difficult to check for play if you don't know what you're doing. Like, so it's going to be a little hard to see. This is going to this this could be a really good content idea. Between where do you see where do whoever. you see the play? How do you check it? So the best way to check your solid front axle vehicle. Let's say you want to check axial play or not wait axial, horizontal play, right? So wait, you want to check side should, to side maybe, movement. Maybe you should quiz me though. Well, I don't know about the track bar, but I can maybe. Check so if line. you want to check your track bar, all you're going to do, you're going to need someone with you. And what you want to do is you're going to have one person lay on the ground. They're just going to, you know, however they need to be able to see the components, right? They're going to have someone grab the steering wheel and just kind of shake mm -hmm. it kind of slow. Mm -hmm. And if you can see it, then I'm going to say you really have a problem. So tires on the ground. Tires on the ground. You're just going to park the vehicle, steering wheel straight, wheel straight ahead. Engine off. Engine off. And you're going to have a assistant, we'll call them, just kind of sit there and just, you know, shake the wheel side to side, left and right. And then whoever's going to look at it, um, your track bar is going to be going from the driver's side up by the steering gear, specifically the pitman arm. And then it's going to basically follow that geometry all the way down to the axle. So you're going to get a light and you're going to zero in on both of those contact points where it exactly. goes to the frame and so you're going to look right at if it. If you see that the bushing on the track bar, and this is going to be on the driver's side, if you see that bushing has a good amount of play into it, 
You can either A, replace the entire track bar, or you can replace the bushing. If I am a do-it-yourselfer or a shop that doesn't have a press, replace the track bar. It's way too easy. So is this a ball joint press? You can't, it's not a ball joint press. This is a big hydraulic press or what, no, what you can you? use it. You can, you can Dang. use a ball joint yeah. press for it. I'm so if you've done for, ball joints, so if you've done ball joints, you could probably press it. If you've never done ball joints, you maybe, can, you can even use the old drill trick. And if people don't know what the drill trick is, if you want to remove a bushing, you stick a drill bit in between the bushing and whatever it is the bushing is pressed into. And you hit that girl as hard as you can until the drill bit spins around the bore and it'll walk that bushing straight out. Hmm. Never heard of it. I don't, I'm not wrapping my head around that right now, but I can, I can, I can, I can, we can have to do, you have to do what we got to do. You've got to do a TikTok on that. We got to do a TikTok. I will. I'll, I'll do a TikTok on it. You guys can follow me on TikTok at Matt underscore Roden. Anyway, that seems like that seems like an easy enough thing that needs to be explained more in depth so people just stop freaking out. Yeah. So okay, let's say you've you looked up at the driver's side, you see your bushing's fine. Now you want to direct your attention to the track bar ball joint. And if it is popping, I don't know how to tell people the spec, because I want to say the spec is about eight thousandths. If you see it going up and down more than eight thousandths or side to side more than eight thousandths. So if like that so track any, bar ball so joint. So any, any movement, right? Would eight thousandths in steering terms is a lot. Oh, okay. Because some. If you have anything loose and it's visually moving. Yeah. If you can visually see it. like your track bar ball joint shouldn't really move because that would need your body. Junk it. That means your frame is moving over the axle, right? And that's what causes the oscillation. (laughs) So if you see your track bar ball joint not moving, like this is probably what it would look like if it was bad. Real good. Yeah. You'd be able to tell, like you'll look at it and be like, oh, that's kind of bad. The other thing you might want to look for, for death wobble. And these are just things I look for. This isn't a, you know, a, a Ford thing or we have any jeep listeners or ram listeners because those guys still use solid front axles you might see your drag link end wiggling or you might see your passenger side tie rod wiggling those three things because your drag link end well your drag link comes from you know it goes through your steering goes through the steering wheel goes into the steering gearbox down through the pitman arm into your drag link. And then your drag link goes into your, you know, your tie rod for the passenger side. So if you see any movement on your passenger side, she ain't doing so good. Dang, Napoleon and Deb and Matt were over there playing with happy hands. So and yeah, that's, that's the basis of that's my cradle. Now you guys know how Mr. Matt Mr. Matt, the meat man over here, diagnoses front ends. What else you don't know about Mr. Matt, meat man, you guys got to have to check out his social media and Ryan's. These two right here, we're going to have a meat, a meat off, a meat, meat off. We're going to meet, have a, have a meat cook off. We just had a, a, a real good barbecue. Uh, from reeling uh, last past weekend and um man some brisket some pork butt we had some 
beef ribs and some forgotten beans. But yeah. they were still good. How many of you Power Stroke lovers out there are waiting to get this weather rolling, get this COVID, get out, not get this COVID, get this yeah, COVID out gonna, of here. That's going to stick around for a while. Uh, uh, they, they get, get outside. COVID. Get outside. I'm so tired of being cooped up. Dude, the, the I don't know. Who's going to who's gonna be better? Do what? What? Who? Who's going to be better at this meat cook-off? I mean, I had the ribs. They were good. I, I mean, see Matt okay, slicing not, meat on 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 Insta. I'm not I'm not throwing shade to pellet smokers because that's basically what I started out on. You pellets. get some pellets, just oak splits, some cherry splits, and some charcoal. Just a live fire. It's it's not the same, man. It's beautiful. Mm. It's not the same. Hey Rod, do you have an opinion? Have you had both? Uh... Both guys is cooking? No, I have not. I've only had my man right. Ryan's. Okay. If you guys are available, either the weekend, I think the twentieth or the twenty seventh. You 27th. gotta come. You gotta bring all the gear here, bro. No, Aaron, I will you guys are invited over to my place for our St. Patty's Day. St. Patty's Day. I'll be I'm in Texas, going to be man. doing He going to Texarkana. Yeah, Ryan's like, you know what? Screw you. I'm going to Franklin Barbecue. I'm waiting in that line. I'm getting the good cue. Oof. He's, That's he's on going, my list. He's going down to see Miss Cammy Cakes. <laughs> <laughs> uh, he he gone fishing. He gone fishing. Uh, but I he's remember, not driving a power stroke down there, though. So I remember the first <laughs> response I ever got from Ryan. It was just some caddy comment. And I'm like, dude, you know what? Reeling with Ryan. Child's I play. I hope you catch nothing but grass bass and drag bottom. Oh, that, <laughs> that's right. That was that was like the first podcast where your uh, your camera lens looked like it had mayonnaise on it. <laughs> yeah, you were wondering if I like smeared my wheelie all over my camera and I was just not having it. Why I'm does like, this guy got mayonnaise smeared other- all over his camera? <laughs> That's awesome. Yeah, the other comment was from uh, little little A Rod. He was the oh other yeah, one. oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Maybe he. I think he was the mayonnaise one. Oh, yeah. Matt, Dude, Matt, you know what? You know what? For this awesome. last part, I'm gonna respond to comments. So hey, we can get on the the, the barbecue thing though. I am not just pellet. I have a oh. dr- I have a I have a drum. Ooh. I have a what uh, kind of what. You have a Kamado. I got a hundred Kamado, and I have in my I have chopper. a drum. I have a drum that I built. Oh, you ugly, built a drum? Yes, ugly drum. Yeah, I'm I'm running the Webby's. Jeez, dude, I really gotta not knock back know. the I'm, backwards man, when I'm, I'm on here. Hungry, Matt. Now. Matt, I'm dude, sure these you dogs. Can. These dogs are eleven percent. Matt, you know, I know you can grill. Frame. Matt, I know you can grill, but Ryan is not the kind of guy that does anything halfway. Oh, look at, I don't look at his setup. His, I bet his. I'm gonna, I'm gonna put my money on on, on Ryan. Ooh. Okay, so what you're saying is, when there is an open house, whenever that is, there will be a cook off between me and Ryan. There will be a cook off. What, yeah. what are we doing? What are we? Do? Are we doing pork butts? Are we doing briskets? What are we doing? Pork well, butts I think too, pork we gotta put, we gotta put, we gotta put ribs in there. Okay, at, at least just for, just for the. Just for I mean, fun, dude. I saw your ribs, and I might hang it there. 
ribs and brisket. It, it, it appears Ooh, you want to go for a we have the majority book. of everybody on this side. So I think it's almost. I think that's what I'm gonna, saying. You're yeah. going to have to come out here. Gordon's out here. Gordon ain't going to want to drive out there. Have you know how much barbecue? fuel? You're gonna have you know to drag, drag that char broiler over to this side of the state. Char broiler is gonna cost for us to drive all our hey, over there. Hey, Dude, I didn't come, know. I was saying open houses in the PT. Come out, come out here and, and take part of my oil change special. I'll give you a special deal on it. Drive out here. I'll change your oil. Dude, the thing is, <laughs> I don't even know if I can change my own oil for that price. <laughs> I'll hook you up, man. It's and like we'll, we'll barbecue. It'll Some dealerships, I mean, like uh, an oil change is the loss leader, right? Like I know John Ball. Is their John loss Ball wants them. to get on a barbecue and a meetup. I know he told me. Who's John that. Ball? John Ball. He had. Uh, he was Johnny Law. Um, because we have a John Ball Zoo by where I am. No, not John Ball. The guy we had on. Is this is this turning into a meetup where you get like ribs for subscribers and then? Oh, I don't like, know. Well, we were we were well, talking we were about t- that. Yeah. On Saturday, we're going to start a food truck. Guest experience for me as a guest, like I'm getting fed, you know, like I just showed up and already, no, we're doing, we're doing, we're doing, we're doing a cookout meetup one day. John Ball we're, podcast number nine. We're already talking about, we're going to start a food truck, barbecue truck, but we're going to have TVs on the outside that plays Aaron's videos while we serve up the barbecue. <laughs> In the name of one of the comments, what a snooze fest. Next comment. I that know, guy, right? You know. Hey, hold on, hold on, hold on. What do we got here? Go what do we got here? To, uh, Ryan's I'll have to agree with Matt. There is no point in running synthetic oil. Ten W thirty is king. All right. Thanks. I think the guy with like a million miles would disagree. All right. Next question. Can we talk about three liter baby power stroke? We can talk about the three liter. Mm-mm. Oh, we're going to talk. Dude, we got one. I got one in right now. Do you? I'm terribly sorry. <sighs> EGR cooler. Recall? Kick butt show, guys. You did touch on something about how techs like to rake owners over the coals with repairs. You guys have respect and empathy as owners, and that's something that isn't taught in school. Kudos to you guys. Dude, that? of course. I, I... Well, but, the, but I, wouldn't, I wouldn't blame techs. Like it's uh, not text. Is it text fault? Dude, there there are some greedy people out there, but there also are. We get put in a very precarious situation of. It can, dude. It can literally be anything. Of you know, you got an advisor that's like, "Hey, I need you to." Get, they're calling. They're calling. You need to get this thing done, and then you look at the date, and you're like. You only want it done then because it's the end of the month and that's when your bonus is. Oh, really? Mm. Yeah. That po- I, I, I'm going to say this. I think the whole system of advisor and technician should get maybe changed. Like, maybe I'm wrong. But... It helps when I'm the advisor and the technician. Dude, yeah. I, would, I would love if I could be the advisor, the parts grabber, and the technician. Well, here's a part. Oh, part of the issue that I think is uh, a lot of times the advisor isn't a tech or has never been a tech. That I think maybe that's the problem. I think an advisor should ha- should be in such a high-level position that you're, you've been a tech for Dude, so long and then I you would graduate be... to be the advisor because you're such a good tech or 
what if you were a tech part-time part of the week and then i don't know but Uh, i've known so many advisors they're not even like savvy no offense so but i never really met a savvy advisor that our commercial truck guys and they've approached me and they're like hey we've got a guy retiring have you ever thought about doing you know sales or anything and i was like Yes and no, because I'm too much of an honest person and I couldn't be an advisor either because like, if I don't believe in something, I, I can't, like, if it's a bad product, I can't, I just can't do it. Yeah. Like using TA 357. Right. Like Ford, get your shit together. Sorry. Don't mean the language, but like, so your, your silicone sucks for that application. How many like technicians will advise will one advisor work with? Is it like one on one or is it like one advisor to like three techs? Or- uh, in our store, we have well, we've scaled down since COVID. I think we have, including us, we have like damn near 30 techs right now. Um, and then that's split across one, two, three, four, five, six. So they do it as like a team-based thing. So like each advisor will have five techs. So you'll have like three different trans techs, but they're all on separate teams, right? So that's kind of to keep the workflow even and everything and this, that, and the other, but. Freaking A, right? Yeah, some people that are good at sales are just good at sales. I mean, they can, they can well, sell what, a product, what are you selling? If you're an advisor, are you selling anything or you're just kind of the transaction? You're selling between... the job. Yeah, you're but selling you the job. you got to convey that to the customer in a way that they're going to feel comfortable about spending this $20,000 and you're not going to be, oh, the technician's going to be. That's not going to convey to me that I'm going to be, dang, I'm about to just drop 20 grand. Yeah, because this guy couldn't even tell me what he was going to do. Sometimes being very vague and very whatever is better. When I worked on cars, though, when I worked on cars, I never thought of it as selling, like the repair. I've always thought about this is what you need. If you want it, this is my uh, recommendation. If you want it, let's do it. If not, you might be broke down. But I never worked on like, it wasn't Gordon, who would you rather deal with? Would you rather deal with the tech or would you rather have a middleman? A lot of times I think, you know, when someone feels like a sales guy Uh because of, I guess, the the, the stereotype, it, it, it almost feels like, you know, someone's trying to put one over you. You know what I mean? It just feels kind of gimmicky. Yeah, yeah. I feel like automotive doesn't need a sales yeah. guy in the middle of it. You know, well, I mean, they do they do a lot more than just you know contacting the customer, but they got a lot of paperwork, I'd imagine. Oh yeah, like so, the technician, we have to be an investigator. Like that advisor is not going to be an investigator and ask all these dude, additional I, questions. I'm not. I'm not going to be like a I. I love the two advisors that I work with. They're great, right? But I just wish I could get so much more info from the customers. Like, how about instead of them texting you, they text me, right? Like, I'm like, 
at what speed does it do this? Right. Mm -hmm. So I have to wait two days for the customer to get back to me. Right. Yeah. That can be frustrating. Whatever we got to do to make our jobs go, go smoother and try to get the the trucks back on the road, whether it be for maintenance or repairs that it came in for. I mean, there's, there's two things for me for it to be a successful repair. If I don't hit on either of them, I'm very sad with myself. Obviously, number one is verifying the customer's concern and fixing the concern or repairing the concern. Number two is making it seem like I was never in there. Yeah, for sure. That is like, if the customer so, looks at, I, I almost Nobody feel, was ever here. I almost feel like I almost feel happy when a customer calls all angry and they're like, the truck's in the same spot. We looked at it. It doesn't even look like you worked on it. That's how I know I did my job. well. (laughs) You know what though? Like working in landscape, I've done a lot of jobs and I can tell you some stuff I don't like, but some stuff I really like and enjoy. One thing, one of those things that I like doing is just ripping out bushes because when you do it, that's a fun one to do. Yeah, yeah but the reason the reason I like ripping them out, ripping them out, is because is because you sell this this job, it's an easy thing to sell, and when you do it, the customer is just so happy. They're like, "Let me get you some water. Come <laughs> inside my house. Sit down at my table. Don't worry. Don't take off your boots." Come here, Sunny. So, when you you're cutting somebody's meatball? lawn, when you're cutting their lawn, they're like. Oh, he's here again. He's billing me this money. It's like this constant repetitive. You're charging money. It's not exciting when you're cutting their lawn. Sometimes it is, but mostly no. A lot of times you're a nuisance service that they got to have. But when you just rip out somebody's bushes, they're just like, you did something that I really, that really intimidated me. And I'm just ecstatic. But having that interaction with the customer, just solving that issue super quick. Hell yeah. I've, I've noticed that people are just so happy that you did that. And that's how it was when I was working on cars. Like they'd be so happy that you were able to solve this problem. And then just putting like, obviously there's pros and cons to having an advisor, but you're removing the satisfaction of a technician by putting someone else in there. You're not interacting with that person anymore. You're just fixing the car and then you're not. Dude, I'm I'm about to have a video about why the dealership costs so much and i think it will open some people's eyes about why we'll see you think there's a lot of a lot of overhead there huh dude there is so much overhead right there not only do you have to pay the technician you have to pay the advisor and then you have to pay the porter and then you have to pay the service manager and then you have to pay the overhead costs and then any equipment costs you have, and then utilities and then insurance. And it's like, mm, ooh, mm, you mm, add mm. that up real quick. There's not a whole lot of wiggle room. I got a question for you guys um, on the tech side. Um, the whole advisor thing, you know, how many phone calls do you think you could field from people on, on my side, customers calling you about their vehicle? The advisor side, they dig into a vehicle. They can't. Our advisors are almost to the point where they can't leave their desk because their phones are constantly ringing. And and that's their point. To just buffer, so you guys aren't just being bombarded by, you know. I think right now, as of March second, 
we are probably a month out. Wow. Yeah. It is. And the other thing about our shop is we haven't even advertised that we can do, you know, that we can take on four fifties and five fifties and six fifties and seven fifties and anything else that has a Ford powertrain. Right. And it's just, it doesn't stop, which is a good feeling, but a bad feeling at the same time. Cause it's like, I would just love to do a brake job right now. I know. Right. Or I would, I would love to have a slow day and be able to just do some training or something, but. I'll never, I'll never forget. I'll never forget sitting at a Midas for whatever reason. I was getting something. And the the guy comes out the, I guess you just call it the service advisor because usually those shops don't have like one guy behind a, behind a counter that does that. And he told this guy that he needed like belts and a pulley. And it was like, I don't know, $800. And it just looked like he was about to cry. It just looks like, cause it's so much money. Oh, and it's like, man, that's, uh, um, that's just, is it bad I've never, that I, that I borderline don't have any sympathy for the guys yeah. that have the platinum trucks and they like cry when they get a $1,500 bill. No, that's not, that's normal. You shouldn't have sympathy. Like, dude, you've, you got the truck. You can pay for it, right? Well, I was talking to A-Rod and he, we were talking about how much the next maintenance is going to cost. And I think it's going to be around like 400 bucks for filters and yeah. oil. And that's a deal. You know, that's a, uh, that's, that's what the deal too, right? They're yeah. not cheap. If you can, I'm just going to put this out there. If you can barely afford the truck, you cannot afford maintaining it. Just now, plain and simple. I will. I want to ask this question with these diesel trucks. I feel like these oil changes are coming up quicker than they did with gas. The oil life monitors never went off in a month for me before. Yeah, but you said it's at what now? It's at like 17% right now. Wow. So every time I, have, I start it up, it loses a percent. I had one that I did the math on because it showed the, I was just looking on, you know, PTS. All right, guys, let's check this out. And the mileage was probably 4,000 miles from their last oil change that I could tell. And it said the oil life monitor still had 55% left. Wow, that video I put up tonight, 7,600 views. Wow. Yeah, I don't, I don't know. Lot, I guess if Ford has the trust in it, no, I try, I'm, I'm, I try I, I trust, not to, I no, try I trust, not to treat, I trust it. I try not to treat, you know, the owner's manual and the, you know, workshop manual is like the gospel, but Ford's a big company and they spend a lot of money on things. So like part of me is like, okay, you could probably go past 5,000 miles, but I'm also a very anxious person. Well, here's the thing. Where I'm miles, like, you know what? It's not going to hurt you to change your oil early. Changing right. But those late, but will. those miles though, miles doesn't really mean. No, it doesn't. Wear, wear on oil. Like for me, I'm not even getting nowhere near that many miles 
And I'm at like, okay, change your oil. I'm at 6,000 miles and I've already had an oil change. Just like how, you know, that truck, Aaron did a video. It has a million miles on it, but it had two brake changes. I mean, it had two brake jobs. So miles really don't Wait, really. Wait, that thing's got a million miles and it only had two brake jobs. So it's getting driven on long. That's a straight highway truck, but that's, that. you know, that's the difference because I'm a firm believer with modern day diesels now. The harder, longer, and I guess you could say hotter you run them, the better they do. If you can yeah. keep that DPF clean, if you can keep it out of needing to have the EGR valve open, absolute better. It, it, it just, they, they, they run so much happier because they don't have, they're not adding extra fuel to regen all the time. They're not injecting, you know, exhaust gas all the time, this, that, the other, but the less you can short trip those trucks, the better. Yeah. Change. I'm just talking, telling, texting somebody, we need to change that intelligent oil life monitor. We don't need to be going by that thing. Wait, what? I'm going but, off you of know, what you're I talking think, about. I think as a like a general rule of thumb, most people don't follow it. And no, that, well, that I, goes to like the, case, the main side, like mainline gas side. Most people don't follow it. They just go by. Well, the in sticker. my case, in my case, I gotta almost follow it because it's in my situation, it's going down way quicker than the sticker. Well, you're True. not the average person. True. Right. So in but, my case, um, it's helping me change yeah. it well honestly it's not way more it's probably you're like a pickup thousand. you're I'm, I'm i guess i'm talking about cab chassis I'm no gonna... he's talking he's talking about the commercial guys that are you know oh, okay like some of our some of my customers that literally idle their trucks more than they drive them mine's taking idling into account so maybe cabin chassis doesn't but if i idle my truck my oil life's going down uh according should, to the monitor but... according to the monitor it is but it, but yeah. um the miles aren't going up so i can't i could can go off miles and be at like no more oil life because it doesn't have miles. True. Whatever it is, we're here talking about how to take care of them. We're always talking about oil. We're talking about fuel additives. We're going to talk about more of this stuff on the channel. We didn't talk about it too much tonight, but uh, the next one, uh, we're going to get a little deeper uh, in the directions for some of this stuff because I need to start using this, and so do you guys. Uh, check the promo code out, PTT, to save you guys some money. Um, uh, check out us all on the mainstream podcast apps. You guys are loving it. We're getting uh, tons of downloads uh, each uh, each time we're, we're putting out an episode. Uh, you guys are loving it. We're getting great, uh, great feedback from you all. Um, and we're really appreciating that. Uh, thanks to Gordon uh, very much, sir, for joining us for the first time. We'll have to have you back on here. Um, um, DS, Matt, Reelan, everybody out there, thanks again. Well, let us know in the comment section, uh, what do you guys want to hear? Do you guys uh, uh, want us to talk about something else? Do you want to get on? Let us know. Check my email above or below, and I will get you in queue to be on the Power Stroke podcast and talk trucks like we do every week. All right, you guys, thanks so much for watching, and we'll catch you next time.